Welcome to the Commercial Intelligence Briefing Podcast, brought to you by NAR Commercial, the National Association of Realtors. In this program, a conversation with Rob Nahigian. Rob is a principal with Auburndale Realty Company, and he's one of the Signature Series speakers for NAR Commercial. I'm your podcast host, Steve Lubatkin. Rob Nahigian, F-R-I-C-S-S-I-O-R-C-R-E, is a principal with Auburndale Realty Company. He has 30 years of commercial and industrial real estate experience. Right now, Rob works on corporate and tenant representation, build to suits, and advisory work that's included $4.8 billion worth of real estate, totaling 38 million square feet. He's a prolific real estate speaker at national conventions in the U.S., Mexico, and South America, and is a senior faculty member for Boston University, Massachusetts Association of Realtors, and SIOR. Rob has several passions, as you may have gathered from listening to the first podcast with Rob in this series, and among his passions in the real estate field are industrial real estate, marketing and negotiating, building wealth, and successful sales techniques. And he also manages to teach courses about all of these topics in the NAR Commercial Signature Series. I'd like to talk about uh, two of the uh, other seminars in your series uh, sort of together because they seem to be a little connected. You do a uh, program that's an overview primer to industrial real estate, and then you also have a session on marketing and negotiating industrial and commercial real estate. Uh, and you're right, they, Steve, they do overlap. The overview primer is just that. It's for someone who's just... Um, breaking into industrial real estate, uh, you know, certainly as an alternative course, uh, people could go ahead and take some of the SIOR courses. And, 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 and I'm, I'm on the faculty for SIOR, and, and, you know, I've been a SIOR member since uh, either 1985 or 86. Back then, it was SIR, and you literally took courses for, pe- for people that had less than three years of in the business. Well, you know, over the years, things have evolved, and um, we sort of have sort of generic courses that apply both to office or industrial. But if you specifically wanted something on industrial and you were coming in to the business, you know, what would you do? So I, you know, we kind of give this four-hour or eight-hour, seven-hour, whatever the, the, the board wants or the chapter wants on basically that and, um, you know, breaking into commercial with, with um, talking about the terms, uh, physical characteristics of building. I've got a slideshow of how an industrial building is constructed from beginning to end. I, I literally went out to uh, a, a site and took a picture over six uh, months. I did the same thing on the office side, which I use in the other course, um, where I went to a building for nine months and literally just took pictures of the building going up and talked about how those characteristics are questions you will get from a tenant during a tour. They're not going to ask you every little thing about a building. But when they ask you something like, you know, basic stuff, which I think is basic, what's the ceiling height or what's the clear height or what's the tailgate loading, you know, for people that are in the business, they, they, don't, they don't really know what that means. And, and some people in the business don't particularly measure things correctly or, uh, you know, for instance, ceiling height. If I say what's the ceiling height, well, we speak in jargon in this industry. So what does that mean? So some people will measure from the floor to the roof deck. Well, that's not what that means. It means from the floor to the lowest point in the ceiling, and that typically is the bar choice, not always, but, you know, you got to measure. And, and it literally means you have to measure. So last week, you know, I was on a, one of these hydraulic lifts, and I, I measured, dropped the tape measure, 
from the bar choice to the to the bottom. And and what's interesting is to it, it, it's one and it's also the same information I would use for that other course about enhancing proposals and, and presentation and billing tours. We take too much information for granted or for gospel that's coming from our clients. And my client said his building was a 24-foot clear ceiling. It, it wasn't. I went up there. It was, uh, I believe it was 21. So he was kind of shocked. And, and they also said to me, by the way, are, are you going to really review the whole building? Oh, yeah, I'm going on the rooftop. Because I don't know why. I go to see what kind of roofing system it is because someone's going to ask. He goes, well, it's a, white, it's a white roof, and it's two years old. I went up there. It was a black roof. It was two years old. It was in good shape. But when I told him it wasn't, it wasn't white, it was black, he goes, well, how did that happen? I go, I don't know. You put it up. But the point is, my job is to verify that. So when a tenant's standing in front of me and saying, you know, basically how old's the roof, and they're concerned because they don't want to have to pay for that, you know, you've done your homework or you've measured the column spacing correctly. Tailgate loading, everyone says it's four feet until you measure it, and it's three feet, you know, ten and a half inches because it's been building settlement. So... That's the kind of stuff that we get through when we talk about rental rates and um, um, some of the red flags you can have, and I've kind of give you know make that and from some of the war stories of from my own experience in the business. In your program on the secrets of wealth building in the 21st century, Rob, you talk about the whole history of risk yield and valuation, and what is the goal of that program for uh, commercial brokers? The goal is to look at real estate as an investment. And why investing in real estate has so much more upside than trying to make, trying to become a millionaire through income. So the offshoot of that program was the one that we talked about, liquidity and commercial real estate. And, and that came from this particular course. And what I had done over maybe a 10-year period with, with um, um, SIOR, and, and, and I developed it, then we ran at the convention a number of times, was... Uh, looking at um, how do people become millionaires. And one of the secrets that I try to squash right away, it's not really a secret, but a lot of people don't understand it, is that it's very, very difficult to become a millionaire through income alone. And, and so we talk about how income taxes really um, is a disincentive to becoming a millionaire uh, by working harder to make more money, which you believe is the way that you become a millionaire. And what we talk about is really things that you would read in a book from a store, whether it's the wealthy barber, the millionaire next door, uh, the millionaire's mind, um, um, uh, let's see, the richest man in Babylon. Anyone who's read those books, it's kind of the same story. And people, you know, sometimes they realize it, but they forget it, which is that we tend to be in a, in, in, a, in a country where we love to spend money, we work hard, and at the end of the year, no matter how much you make, and if you make a, a, a healthy six-digit number or seven-digit income, it's funny how the end of April, everyone scratches their head and they can't figure out how come they're not making enough money. And the answer is, oh, you're making a lot of money. But you don't understand where it's going. So we talk about the fact that you can't, you'll have, if you really want to be wealthy, you need to go out and invest. And in order to invest, you have to come up with money to invest. 
and you do not have to come up with money, seed money, by having a high income. So we talk about savings, and, and I talk about, um, you know, basically the, the rule, the, you know, we go through the 7-2 rule and, and um, um, some of the things that are very hard to do, but I tell people this is not rocket science. Unfortunately, something like 98% of Americans don't do this, which is to do without, save money, and then invest. So with that under our belt, where do you put your money? So then I start exploring the places that people can put their money, um, not just real estate but other places, and we talk about, well, why real estate may be a better alternative. And, I, and sometimes they say, you know, sometimes it isn't a better alternative. But it's not like there's one straight answer. Uh, it depends on what your holding period is going to be. We talk about entrance and exit strategies. Why, you even, why do you even want to be wealthy? Um, uh, there's got to be a goal. There's, it, you're doing it for retirement purposes. Are you doing it for tuition? Um, and, and if the answer is, yeah, I'm doing it to send my kid to school. Okay, so here's my question. How much are you going to need the, by the time they get to their first year in college? And there's more enough tools out there to give us ideas of how much we have to have saved up. And then the next question is, what's the rate of return you need on your money to get to that point? And that will probably help drive your decision of where you want to be, but it's also going to drive the type of risk you're going to have to take. And we talk about the average rate of return on real estate over, um, I don't know, like 50 years, and I compare it against treasuries and other places. And, um, you know, it's just a different way of thinking about it. But what I've I, I constantly said from things I've learned from people in my industry, guys like, you know, Herb Crumpstick, who's an SIOR, and um, a, a other courses I've taken is, you know, you really, on the investment side, the whole goal of creating wealth is the entrance strategy. It's not when you sell. You make your money on the buy side. So you have to know why you're in these deals and what you're trying to get out of it and um, what you might be doing with one building. It may not be the same goal for another. But they all, in the end, then create the rate of return that you want, the, the strategy, and, you know, we talk about that and talk about other alternatives. It's a great program. I love it. And, of course, the uh, one that's also uh, important to brokers who want to improve their selling skills, it's often an area that people feel they're not completely prepared for. You have a program called Synergistic Sales Success. It's one of the courses at SIOR, and we take it on the road um, as well to uh, outside boards and chapters. And it's a course that I have developed um, and, and I'm not the only one who's taught it. Other people have taught it uh, on the faculty, but I've got my own version of it. And um, I've kind of got two, two parts to it. And usually because of time, we all go through the first part, which is not basically learning not to sell. And I think a lot of people kind of get it now. It's about understanding the need of a client and helping them as an advisor but it's a little bit more than that. It's, it gets into things like um, how you should present yourself, that everything you do, you know, basically the first five minutes makes a, a person can make a decision whether they want to do business with you. Um, you know, so we get through some, ba some kind of basics. Uh, is your car washed? Is, uh, you know, the clothes you wear? Um, and we also talk about, you know, not only the clothes you wear, but would you wear the same type of clothes for an office tenant you were meeting versus an industrial tenant. Last week I had a meeting. I'm advising a client on the sale, on the leasing of his building in Massachusetts. And uh, he asked me to help him 
advise on hiring a broker. I recommend that we hire a broker, even though I'm one myself. Uh, but because I'm advising, I felt that I should maintain an unbiased this, you know, role, and so I don't want to be brokering and advising at the same time. So we, I picked three firms. Um, two of them are national. One's a local person. Uh, one of the firms shows up in French cuff shirts and dressed to the hilt like they were going to be doing business in downtown Boston. The building is about 30 miles outside the city. It's industrial. So it might have been a little bit overkill. And, and, and I'm only bringing that story up because these guys are veterans. So sometimes the veterans even make um, simple mistakes, and they don't even think they probably made a mistake. But my client did say to me later on, um, maybe this building is uh, – he, he said something like, I don't – I think this building might be a little under them, meaning, you know, that they that he wasn't good enough for for them because they they dress so well, and this is just an industrial building. So, you know, sometimes people make a decision not based on proposal but appearance. So we talk about sales skills in the second half, which I enjoy. I delivered it a month ago and hadn't done it in a long time, so it's kind of fun getting back into it, which is. Um, setting up a business plan. I mean, we could talk about sales all day long, and people want to know, well, how do I make more money? Well, it starts with a game plan of what is it you're trying to make, how much you're trying to make, why you're trying to make X amount of dollars in a year. There's got to be a reason. And, and then setting up a plan on um, uh, statistically how many buildings and how much square feet do you think you're going to have to lease in order to make the fees to get to that number. And when you start doing that, um, it can be a little mind-boggling. But the good brokers who are really successful, one of their traits is that they write down their goals. And they write down a business plan at the beginning of the year of how they're going to get from zero to that number. Uh, the ones that don't write it down tend to have a little more difficulty because they're not as focused. So we get into um, different ways of going out and meeting people, setting up a plan, um, we, we have this kind of round-the-wheel uh, model that we use and show, show people. And, you know, if you have business now, business is going to happen in five years, business will happen in seven years, and, you know, there's a game plan. So that way you're not frustrated when you don't have business because you got to always have something going, uh, going on. And so that's kind of what we cover. So it's sort of sales but, but business development at the same time. So, Rob, if you had to characterize your selection of courses in the Signature Series, what would be the key takeaways for people who might be considering taking one of your courses? What do they expect? What should they expect to get out of them? That's a good question, Steve, because education falls into two, um, probably two buckets, and these courses are to um, touch on both those buckets. One is what we would call knowledge-based courses, and the other one is called, you know, skill-based courses. So, for instance, if you wanted to get more technical skills, then, uh, and it doesn't matter what the course is. You say, well, I, I don't want to learn, you know, I just want to learn some tools that can help me mechanically uh, on real estate projects. All right, so build a simple pro forma. That's a technical skill class. It's number crunching. It's math. It's algebra. It's, it's methodology. Um, where sales skills is, it's a skill class, but it's also a knowledge class. It's got, it's got you know, art, art of skills. I would say a, a better example of 
knowledge would be like the secrets of wealth building, um, the liquidity is knowledge, even though they ha it has investment um, material in there. Uh, I would call construction probably a skill class. Um, you know, so the other thing just to recognize is some of the courses are more geared for people less than five years in the business, and some are geared more for those who have more than five years. So there's, you know, there's those two dynamics going on at the same time. Um, I, I actually thought, Steve, you were going to ask me which one was my favorite class. but Well, I, I can certainly ask you that. I happen to love liquidity in commercial real estate. And it's popular. I enjoy it. Uh, build a suit. I enjoy as well. I've taught it for 25 years. So, um, you know, for me, I've been doing it for years. I, I, I do have a, I've been trying to work on trying to spice some of the stuff up. I even have a, a new game with build a suit called build a suit uh, Jeopardy, and some of the guys out in the field, when I've taken the chapters this year, it's the first year I've used it, very competitive. So we go through the skills, and then they actually have to play Jeopardy in groups, and it gets, uh, it gets a little ugly because I didn't realize uh, how competitive my buddies can be in these classes. So they start fighting with other groups. No, we got the answers first. Why did they get the right answer? And we play Final Jeopardy. So I'll have all sorts of games that we incorporate, um, case studies, um, role-playing. Um, so there's, you know, negotiating skill we actually give you. I got, like, a few videos where you watch negotiating going on, and um, you come back and say, okay, this is how this person kind of messed up. Um, we also give people a chance to actually negotiate in roundtables. So, you know, to me, um, the fact is uh, as, as one of the – people on the signature series program, we get to pick our own topics. So certainly I'm excited about all of them, or I shouldn't be teaching them, um, because I had, I had the flexibility to pick what I want. So I, I really like them all. Just some, some of them you like a little, maybe a little bit better, but you know, liquidity is always fascinating to me, because I never know what the next quarter is going to bring me uh, in terms of information. And then trying to interpret, you know, what does all that information really mean in terms of making a real estate decision. So, um, you know, that's kind of my, my uh, I guess, my quick overview. Well, it sounds like a great series of courses, Rob, and we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about them on the NAR Commercial Intelligence Briefing Podcast. Rob Nahigian is a principal with Auburndale Realty Company, and he's one of the NAR Commercial Signature Series speakers. And for more information about NAR Commercial, visit the website realtor.org forward slash commercial. If you have comments or suggestions about these programs, please write to us. My email address is steve at lubetkincommunications.com. We produce these programs in the studios of Lubetkin Global Communications in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. For everyone at NAR Commercial and the National Association of Realtors, this is Steve Lubetkin. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you out there on the net. Take good care.